Look up there in the sky. It's a bird, a plane. It's Handsome Boys Comics Hour. Those boys are so handsome. One paper mache, Richard. One performance art, Dolores. One fortnightly discussion of comics and nerd culture. I'm your host, Robbie Dorman, literature geek and writer. I'm your other host, Eric Zagoodnight, professional artist and illustration nerd. And we are the Handsome Boys Comics Hour, your hope for news, reviews, slightly antagonistic banter, and much, much more. It's like we're on Can't NPR. Can't even make it through the intro without breaking. We're like NPR. It's like, hey, hey guys, nice to see you. These are, these are thoughts for your thoughts. <laughs> i am i can't i I just gonna say robert terwilliger but that's uh (laughs) he's not he would he would he would be on um npr yeah absolutely such a bob's totally npr yeah i'm surprised there hasn't been a simpsons plot yet yeah that that would be that would be a good one such bob gets out reforms host Mm -hmm. host is a host of a successful podcast on npr yeah yeah (laughs) the kids can't believe it this is another right. scheme. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 oh, yeah, so that's how you guys are doing out there. This is episode 232 of the Handsome Boys Comics Hour. We are discussing Why Art by Eleanor Davis later on in Nerdboy Book Club. So, Eric, why art? I can't find a good reason. Okay. We'll just call it a day then. That's, yep. Let's do it. I'm tired. I'm sleepy. <laughs> Why? My back hurts. This is. I don't have a dumb. I'm, I'm just sitting on my nightstand to record this. That's how. Uh, that's how I suggest people listen to it as well. Yeah. Only this, you have to sit on your nightstand. Just perch on the weirdest thing you can find. Go get a three-year-old printer inkjet mm-hmm. printer sit on top of that mm-hmm. and listen to your if podcast you have a, if you have an older printer even better even, the older the printer the better the podcast i think that's what mm-hmm. they say that is uh that's a that's a truism yes uh but that will be talking <laughs> what even are we what are we good question this is a weird performance art well, i'm dolores your host yes exactly i think it's fitting for the the, the book uh yes yes we'll be discussing that later on first we have books that came out uh the past couple weeks to talk about before isn't that exciting eric mm-hmm. good it is time for a second it's time for floppies for nightly floppies for nightly is where eric and i talk about a selection of the past couple weeks books tell you to buy or do not buy them there may or may, na- may or may not be a mush meter involved goes from one to five our first book is Delver, number one, written by M.K. Reed and C. Spike Trotman, art Clive Hawken, colors Marta Laiho, letters Ed Dukesher. Uh, design designer Matt Sheridan. I don't know that I've ever said anything negative about Spike Trotman, but if I ever did, I absolutely take it all back. <laughs> this is a really, really fun book. The, the, the weird dungeons everywhere. Yeah, Coming just up. like growing out of the ground and fucking weird adventures trying to come dungeon crawl and you're in 
in your village. And that's great. Very, very disconcerting goat things. Talking goat monsters just show up. You gotta get you gotta get omens somehow. They have maybe they they can be born to two headed goats. Or your your poor trees. Mm-hmm. They don't they're not quite the same. You know what I really hate? What do you hate? It's when when aristocrats, visiting aristocrats, sit their crabs right in the middle of my crops. It's just, it's, it's some old, it's some old bullshit, you know? It's like, keep your crabs to yourself. Your big giant crab, get it out of my crops. I'm trying to grow something there. This book is a part of the Comixology Unlimited. So uh, it is, if you are paying for that, it is free. Just like Netflix is free, if you're paying for it. Yep. It is nothing additional. However, the amount of money we spend uh, on a monthly basis makes Unlimited a no-brainer. Um, yeah, I, this book is charming. That's what I, I, I like. It, it, it does a good job of, I think, attaching us to these people, the townspeople, of the, vi- of the village, village people. Yeah, you get a good sense of who all they are and the world and... It doesn't hit you over the head with a lot of stuff. It's just you, you, you ease into it. It's everything is just about right. How many pages is this? It's it impressive. Is, it's, that, it's 34. So it's a yeah, little which is, bit longer it, than. Uh, right. But uh, that's the I think that's I think that's one of the good things about Comixology Unlimited. It's because they're not yeah, they're not printing them. You yeah. can make them as long as you want. It doesn't matter, really. It It makes more sense in a digital only format. Why wouldn't you just go, well, I want the first issue to be this long. I have this much content for it. I want, I, and like, I think it does the extra 10 pages or so actually gives the, I think the extra depth needed to make this, the issue land effectively. Mm -hmm. Because I think if you cut out 10 pages of this, I think it loses a lot. I think you could do it in 24 pages, but it, it, it goes leisurely through some of the material and it is very good the way that it is. So there's, I don't know, 34 pages is a little bit of a cheat, but it's still a very strong first issue. And I really like it. Yeah. I think it, it really effectively communicates the full range of emotions about these dungeons and how they, how they work in this world basically, and how Delvers work and all that and how they are disrupting this regular village and stuff and how, they are at first it's a strange thing and then within a month they're just like yeah it's the dungeon and we got all these people visiting and they're sitting their crabs in my crops and then we had to burn down our our trees because they were growing fruit people killer tomatoes were coming out of there not quite tomatoes but you know you know what i mean um well i mean we, we wouldn't want those killer t- tomatoes to attack it'd be very i'm i won't sing the song if you won't i yeah. I don't really know much, most of it, so... I mean, does anyone need to know anything besides the main... Yeah. The main Which, hook? Yes. I think the less, said, the less said about it, the better, mm-hmm. I'm sure. What do you think about the art? Uh, it's really strong. Um, I in, I enjoy it. Um, it, is, it, is, it is nice. Um, it's a thing that I like when people can be sensitive about drawing non-white people and draw those facial features and effectively cartoon them and caricature them without like 
making fun of them even Mm -hmm. like there's a there's a fine line there sometimes and these are just really right there in that zone it's almost like an uncanny valley problem when it's done wrong you know um this is really it's really good i mean i i i would i i think we've read enough of comiXology unlimited books um and i've i mean i would suggest subscribing to it if you're making any substantial amount of digital purchases if you're buying enough books on comiXology on a weekly or bi-weekly basis then i would suggest subscribing anyway because you save money effect like but i think the free quote-unquote books the 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 books the the unlimited books only service they are at a level now where they are good enough to i would sell that sell the subscription alone like I think Comixology has come to gotten to a point where they're unlimited. Where I mean, I, I'm cer- certainly this is influenced by Amazon uh, at a certain level, but where I would say for the the books that you get for free, it is un it was 100 uh, worth a subscription. So like I'm a buy on Delver number one, like for what that's worth. But I would subscribe to Unlimited for this. Like that's what I would say. Mm-hmm. I I definitely really like it. I enjoy it quite thoroughly. I mean, I'm I'm really I'm interested to see where the story goes. I assume they're going to go down in that dungeon, but we'll see. Mm-hmm. It'd be a real tease if they didn't. Yeah. Uh, double by Delver number one. Next up is Stronghold number one, written by Phil Hester, art Ryan Kelly, um, colors D. Kenneef, letters Simon Boland. Phil Hester, writer of uh, is it the coffin? Yep, the coffin. I knew he was part of the creative team. I couldn't. I, I can never remember if he was the writer or the artist because he is. He's definitely good at both. Um, what do you think about this book, Eric? I am a little conflicted about it. I concur. I I thought it started off. It was dynamite. Um, pretty super powered white girl appears and is not very interesting. Um. And then a lot of not that interesting stuff happens. And then it ends with him murdering a biker gang. <laughs> Brutally. Yeah, it's it's pretty special. This slices a dude in half with his arm. Just karate chops a dude mm-hmm. in half. Well, Debbie Harry in a collared dress is, checks her phone. I don't know how i feel about it i feel like there's some solid stuff in here there's good stuff in here it it's really banking on like this middle part carrying more weight being more interesting than it is yeah i don't know this 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 guy not understanding why the fuck he's super powered is very compelling i i was very drawn into it but when it turns out he's like, I don't know, the object of worship of this weird, like, I don't know, government agency slash cult thing. I don't know that for some reason I, I can't I can't be interested enough in it. It doesn't really do it for me. Yeah, it's the idea, like the very the premise, OK, that there is some weird good and evil war going on. And you are some force, this dude is some force trapped in this body, left here, so that there will be peace. 
okay, uh, that's interesting. That's that I get. I get preacher vibes from it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, and like any time you invoke, like, hey, like religion, and you know, uh, some kind of weird powerful force trapped in human body that doesn't aware isn't aware of all this as like kind of like a um truman show kind of vibes as well like this dude's being watched by so many people yeah like that's i think the the schism in in my in how i feel about it is he is really interesting and it starts the issue starts off with him like walking underwater for 18 minutes and he's totally fine and then he you know he karate chops a biker gang into little pieces I just don't care about this lady or her dad or whatever the 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 woman stepmother. Yeah, I could not. Character. I could not give less of a shit about about the mother character. I don't like. I don't know what's going. Like they're they. It just feels really like I'm just getting a lot of lore dumped on me. It it it. It's written like we should fucking know about all this stuff and or like they've already done a bunch of work to establish why we should care about them and it's all not there <laughs> yeah and I, it's like there's two issues missing about all that garbage and i, and I mean and we just walk into this place and she's like yeah hey, i'm this and this and this and then she gets into a fight and there's this and this and this and you're like and then she asks this dude out on a they go on a date and then it's like oh no she actually revealed all this information why i don't know i really i, I feel like if they had skipped all of that shit and kind of just gone to them on the date I, I don't know there's a lot of different ways you could expand this and make it more interesting I think that it's putting this weird whatever this thing is that they're in <laughs> so front and center it's just so clunky and uninteresting like I'm intrigued by the idea in general I like because I like the this dude is cool because mm-hmm. and I don't it's a, it's a weird ask to like, hey, he should be the focal point, but like, how do you frame a story around a dude who's finding out? Which they do a little bit because some of the narration is him, and then it jumps to her, and I'm immediately like, I don't. She has water. She's made out of water, and I don't know what, why, how I any of this is working, and I'm just like, okay, they're in some secret organization, and they're doing this to save the world, I guess. But it, I. Mm. I, 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 at the end of the day, I go, I don't, this is not, it, it's really clunky and I just can't, maybe I'll check back with it in a trade. That's the best, mm-hmm. that's the best I can do, but I'm a do not buy on this issue. I think that's fair. It's, it's got a lot of good qualities though, but I, I, I think I agree with you. So double do not buy stronghold number one. Next up is high level number one with credits page on the final page. Uh, story, Rob Sheridan, pencils, Barnaby, Bagenda, colors, Romulo Fajardo Jr., letters, Nate Picos of Blambot. So there is a, a, a mythical place in a post-apocalypse called the high level. And you can maybe go there if you're really lucky. And there's like mutants and stuff, and they're fighting for stuff and cults. Robbie, what? I'm gonna I'm gonna cut out the middleman. This is Battle Angel Alita. <laughs> I was waiting for you to jump in. I was just le- letting out the leash before yeah. you. Yeah, yeah. This that's what this is. This is someone who's like you, you, I mean, 
to be fair, I would I I I kind of want to just do Battle Angel Alita comics over and over. Right. But that's what this is. This is like someone was like, what if Battle Angel Alita worked in toilets? Yeah, that's the only uh, distinction is that she's like a The world is Oh, it, it, it's like it's like Battle Angel Alita plus uh, Borderlands, yeah, a little bit, and that's that's about the only mixture we get for flavor. Like there's like there's weird rednecks and and robots that swear at you or whatever's going on. Like it's it's a little beige, you know. It's a little bland, which is sad. I think the art's very uh very good no i think that's the best part of it mm-hmm. like it's got like these are these things i'm comparing it to are fun yeah those are like those are both i like borderlands i like battle angel alita it, mm-hmm. it just the when i read it the very first thing i go oh this is battle angel alita except she's not a robot i guess you know she's not a yeah she's just a person. she does have a she does have a spunky undercut she does have lots of colored hair going on. Her hair actually Color, colors it, co- and uh, it's not like uh, it's not like that other comic we read where that character's hair changes changed color colors in the sporadically. This, this, they show her it's actually dying, coloring her, her hair, yeah, dying her hair. But I mean, she's not the only one with dyed hair. There's also a, a couple of bleach blonde, bleach people, bleach hair people, and etc. I, I don't. It's not. It's not bad. But it does feel like oh, and there like oh, it's the her. There's a little girl. Her name is Minnow, and she's from this mythical place. You have to go there. And I kind of went okay. I knew that it felt like I knew that was happening from like page three. As soon as they mention there's a little you know a package or you know it feels very like okay, it's a lot because it's like it's the transporter. It's mm-hmm. it's there's so many. That's a, I mean, it's a very simple hook. It's a, yeah, it's a very standard story shape, I think. I mean, the, the, as soon as you know the place is high level, you know that it's going to start to take place. I don't know. It's like the, it's like the MacGuffin. It's the, it's the land of Oz. And it's just a little girl named Minnow. I just immediately go to Aliens, a little girl named Newt. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know. I feel like I should rub the serial numbers off a little bit, a little bit more. Yeah, it's a little, it's a little too pastiche, and not like I said, it, it ends up coming off kind of beige. There's not, there's not a whole lot of uniqueness uh, that's shining through. We mostly get the, um, and I, I don't know, I. Yeah. I think, you know, I don't know if one issue is enough to judge it on. I Maybe it will show a little bit more depth and de- nuance from those source materials as you read through it more. I And I I think I'm, I like it more than I liked, uh, than I like Stronghold, because I think the storytelling is clear. I think the art's mm. very good. Uh, the writing's not really bad. It just feels like this this like a, a a lot of other stories that i've read I, yeah it's it's so it's stock standard where it's beige. you tell me how to feel eric you can you can pass on it this is 
this is a book that you might pick up for $10 in trade later on and read it once or twice and then give it to someone, at least based on my opinion on this issue. It could improve radically, but as it stands, it, um, I don't know, I think it, it either needs to just go whole hog on stealing from all this shit and get a lot more fun. Mm hmm. Or really start to mine what's unique about it. Yeah, one way or the other. Yeah, and I I don't think it's particularly doing either one really well. Right. Yeah, I think so. I I I, I could pass on this honestly. Yeah, I think I agree with you at the end of the day. Um, thing I'm a do not buy. So double do not buy. High level number one. Uh, next up, Afterglow number one. Written and created by Pat Shand, illustrated by Kay Lynn Smith, lettered and designed by Jim Campbell. So, Eric, mm -hmm. there's a big giant cat. Yeah, I knew you couldn't resist that. In this comic book, a big giant friendly cat that is paired with the, you know, the quirky outcast girl. The orphan. The uh, nightmare dream pixie, whatever the shit. Mm -hmm. Colorful, color, color. Rainbow lady, rainbow girl. Mm -hmm. uh, she's the only one who is embracing colors, as they make very clear. I wish there was actually, honestly, I want more of her selling t-shirts. I think that's my favorite part of the issue, is her selling t-shirts <laughs> to these bland adventurers. And they're like, you dip your shirts in radioactive stuff? No, it's fine. It's safe. That's how I make it purple. Um, But... I don't know. I think, you know, this is also kind of the the shape is, I think, feels well-worn. Uh, it, it has a little bit of, I think, more uniqueness to me. And, like, I don't know. I don't, I'm a sucker. I'm going to tell you. I'm a sucker. You're a sucker for, for big, dumb for cat big, stuff. A yes. big, dumb cat. And, like, I'm, this book is shaping up. it poops up, everywhere. And it poops blue, glowy stuff. It literally, it literally was a party pooper. Yeah. <laughs> I and I think this book has some humor in it as well that I thought I actually laughed. I I did enjoy some of it. I don't it. I don't think any of it was as good as my joke that I just made. Uh, well, I don't know. I some of it. Um <laughs> I I like it. I think it's just I think I like it. I don't I think if here I'll say this. I if there wasn't a cat in this, I probably would pass. Yeah, I uh I I don't have the 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 emotion that you have. Mhm. Mm for cats and i don't like it that much um i think that this person draws very good people and the environments are kind of sterile the colors uh works for it very well um i don't know like i i am like we're shown this very sterile like oh my parents died story mm -hmm. that we've seen i think that's I, I i don't know how how many times have i literally seen that in fiction one thousand i think i mean probably quite literally i think it's a mistake to have the prologue stuff at all 100 percent. this is far stronger i think not knowing is... her background is better to begin with i think mm -hmm. it's one it's way it's you know i think i think i don't it's fine like I don't, it doesn't make make me angry or anything because the book is longer anyway. It is thirty four pages as well. But I still think if you cut those, you know, her the prologue and put that in 
later somewhere. I think the book's stronger. I think most of the charm and the appeal for me is in the, you know, the proper chapter one part of the book. Uh, I think I would like to know a little bit more about this place she's living in. Uh, but I like I like the cartooning and I like the big dumb cat that poops blue glowy stuff. Um, and someone falls in it. And someone falls in it. I'm so I'm a buy. I, I, I'm, I'm not. There's a big cat. I, I, again, here, comic book creators, anyone listening who wants to any fiction, honestly, could be anything. Uh, if you put a big dumb cat in your thing, I will probably buy it. So I'm a buy. I, I, I don't I don't love it. Okay. It's uh it's fine. Is it is what is a fi- it's fine uh, communicate to? It means you don't have to set it on fire. So is it a, but it, do you buy it though? I I I cannot recommend it. Okay. Um I think if you are um if you're a big dumb mark and you love cats, I'm a mark for cats. You should you, you are. I'm marking out, bro. Mhm. You totally are. That's uh, that that surely describes Robert Dorman. Um, uh, yeah, I would say no, thank you. Okay, it is cute though. It is so. It is cute. If you if you want to buy a comic and you're looking for a comic that is cute, look no further than the brightly colored girl who is cleaning up her giant glowing blue cat blue cat poop i can also completely empathize with that situation where you're like why did you do this why here (laughs) this very day while i was on the phone with your co-host and mine robert dorman he is in the middle of a sentence when he starts screaming bloody murder because one of his cats decided to attack him (laughs) I it hurt a and lot. He, he said that exact sentence. Why the fuck did you do that? So I'm a I'm we're a split decision on Afterglow number one. Next up is Aquaman number forty five, written by Kelly Sudakonic, pencils Robson Rocha, Rocha one of the two inks Daniel Enrique is Enriquez, colors Sunny Go, letters Clayton Cows. I'm, I have never read a comic. I've never read this many issues of a comic that was so perfectly suited to be a trade. I, I am Eric. I'm, I, I'm off. I'm, I fell, I'm off of this yep. ride. I, yep. I was strong. I'm surprised though because I liked this issue. I, uh, but this is not like I don't. I don't want to read it like this. Tell me, tell me why. Tell me why you're done here. How done are you? Well, one, I'm not. I get. I, I, I think in trade this will read fine. I think I'll yes, enjoy absolutely. it in trade. I my one. I was. I there was a second where I'm like, wait a minute. I had to check. This is the. the we didn't skip an issue somewhere, didn't we? We didn't miss. It feels it. like it, it. Feels like there's information missing. If, yes. It feels like I've lost. I like his issue. The last issue ended with him being drowned by a group mm-hmm. of the gods on the island, mm-hmm. and then in this he just wakes up and he's in the ocean and he's just washed up on shore. And there's no talk of hey, those people drowned you, dude. Like, are we're not gonna talk about that? No, we're just cutting straight to this woman taking him out to sea to meet her mother. And then we get a lot of communication about gods and the myths of gods and 
uh, how the wind was born and who all these salts and uh, the fighting monsters and brought to you by the creator of Pretty Deadly. Yeah, I yes, I Pretty Deadly. I cared about the mortal characters, and when I was getting the information about the world in Pretty Deadly, I I wanted it. Now, I certainly, I, I guess we're communicating all this information just so we know why this why this woman is was here was left on this island as a baby, and who her mother is. I don't feel I I don't know I I I wasn't I didn't I'm just I'm getting told all this information about all these gods, all the while the only thing happening is oh their boat got destroyed. And there's, it's hard to swim. Swimming is super hard. And the the woman's unconscious, I suppose. Um, but I, why am I, why do I, why is this, why, why, why are all these things happening now? Why aren't we addressing the things that happened at the end of the last issue? Why are we leaving behind this village the one that I've been we spending so much time communicating of, and now we are meeting her mother. All of us now we're meeting her mother, I guess, and she's Kelly. Kelly Sue really at the heart of it is a fucking way weirder writer than anyone gives her credit for. And I, her shit is just fucking weird. And I'm okay. I like yeah. I want to know who this lady's mother is, and I think that's. I don't, but I didn't need the backstory of the entire mythology of gods to get that, I guess. And I want, the struggle they're facing is, oh no, their boat's capsized. One of the people is Aquaman. I'm, why am I concerned about him being in that's, the ocean? That's, that's Andy. Okay. <sighs> yeah. At best, he's Aqua Andy. And like, she's a witch and we've seen her do magic tricks. Like, why? This is not, I'm not worried about them. I I don't, I don't need all of this to be, I, I don't, I don't care about this thing that I want. Can you just fast forward me to the part where they get to their mother and she's growling? Like, she's a big evil ocean god and then she's, she's her, she's literal salt. She's like the internet writ large. Mm-hmm. Like that's cool. That's fascinating. Spending twelve pages watching them swim. It's I. Can we get to it? I. It's just. It's. It's absolutely not written for this format, and that's fine. It's very pretty. It is really lovely. The art is gorgeous. Mm-hmm. It reminds me of Sandman a lot. Yeah, I was gonna say it's got a very kind of classic DC kind of look. I guess Vertigo's right there in that zone. Mm-hmm. Swamp thing as well. Well, we know where we stand on that. <laughs> I just, I, 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 I felt like there was a, like, I swear, I'm like, I was reading through this thing, and then I'm like, wait a minute, this is the next issue, right? <laughs> it really was confusing. I was like, I must have missed one somewhere, and that's not good. No, I don't want to have that feel when when if I didn't like literally I'm a I we are a loyal purchaser. We've purchased every issue that Kelly Sue DeConnick has written for Aquaman. We and we are following along just like a normal reader would. And my reaction I, halfway through I, an issue should be like, I must have skipped one somewhere. 
frankly, I think that that is Kelly Sue writes that way. I think that her writing confuses me and it, 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 there's big chunks of it that she just doesn't tell you. And I don't know. It's a, I, there's a reason that mostly what I enjoy is bitch planet. Mm -hmm. I think this will read 10 times better when it is complete in trade, maybe even if it goes for 12 issues or so, because it's going real slow. So it seems like it will go for at least 12. Don't, wouldn't you think? I mean, this arc, I don't know. I, that's the thing. Like I, it could go for 40 at the pace that it's going. It could, I mean, that's the thing. I, I don't know if there's not, I don't, there's not, there's just lacking a certain thing. It makes me not, I don't, I will read the trade in this. Yeah, uh, but I'm not interested in reading any more issues. I 100% agree with that statement. I I I am I I enjoyed this issue. Everything you said in terms of it, like I had the same moment, but I was just like, that's just probably how it is. <laughs> and I just I just walked right past it. So I is that a double do not buy, but buy the trade. Um, sadly, yes, I hate being that guy, but that, that sounds, I mean, we are not, that's 100% how I feel we, about this book. We are not to blame for how comic, the comic book industry works. That is not our I mean, call. I, if it was up to me, there would be no single issues. <laughs> Everything would come really, out in Really, they're not good that way. And he, it's not 1944. You know, we don't, it's not 1957. It's, you know, we don't work. You don't buy things off newsstands anymore. There's no I, reason. I, I kind of like, um, I don't know, I kind of like the Shonen Jump Japanese model. It's where every month or every week there's an anthology of various comics. And then after a couple of months, it comes out in a paperback. Well, the uh, the m manga Shonen Jump style is not uh, creating an entire marketplace to collapse which the diamond and pre-ordering system is where mm -hmm. eventually, you know, there's going to be a, things are going to topple. I, uh, there's, it seems very precariously built upon a system that cannot last forever. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's double do not buy, but buy the trade Aquaman, I guess we're just further, <laughs> further caveats layered on top of each other. Uh, our last book of the week, is Wonder Twins, number one, written by Mark Russell, art and cover by Stephen Byrne, letters Dave Sharp. Do you have any feelings about the Wonder Twins? Um, what was it? Was it Hanna-Barbera? Yeah. Is that what, is that what, um, that was, wasn't it? Yes. It's like same studio as like Shazam and the Herculoids and fucking Scooby-Doo even, right? I believe so. I don't have any particular emotion attached to that Justice League cartoon or the Wonder Twins or any of that shit. Right. It really didn't do it for me. Um, this is fun. It makes me smile. I don't know. I like this despite <laughs> myself. I mean, it looks it looks really nice. Do you know, do you remember the name Mark Russell? From which? From anything. I don't think so. He he wrote uh, Woke Flintstones. 
And he, oh, wow. And he wrote Snagglepuss. Well, I'm glad he's here to, to fucking weird up the DC universe some more. Because woke Flintstones and and was was Snagglepuss Tennessee Williams? Is yes. that what that was? Yes, that's what it was. Bl- bl- bless this man. I think I'm a fan. I, um, I, I think I was... I think this this issue starts off a little slow. I think I'm a little a little I didn't know what the tone was at first. I didn't understand like what is this? I didn't understand if this is is this supposed to be like a coming of age book or so? I like I was like what is what is what are what is this? And then it gets to the point where they're calling the dude Thunderlust uh <laughs> because he wants to <laughs> he gets horny when it rains. Mm-hmm. Like, like, I mean, like one must. And they, they foil Mixel, Mr. Mixelplick by replaying a recording of him backwards. <laughs> Which, I, I, I do feel like that might be a little unfair to Batman, I think, or Superman. I feel like one of them would have figured that out by now. Like, you could just re- record his voice and play it backwards, and it, if that would work. But, it is, it is, it is charming. It is... It is cute. I think now that I have a good handle on the tone, I think I like it. I don't know if every issue is going to be like this. Is it going to be like a, just a one and done kind of thing? And we get like little isolated adventures, which is what, you know, Flintstones was basically. Or are we going to, are they going to be, you know, what's the mix between superheroes and teenagers? Or is it just like, hey, they're weirdo aliens as teenagers. It's like coneheads. Basically, uh, I don't know. I'm a buy for what it's worth. I have Thunderlust for this this book. <laughs> See you tomorrow, Thunderlust. Mm-hmm. I'm going to start calling you that now, Eric. You call me Thunderlips. No, 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 no. Mm-mm. <laughs> you call me Dragon George. Are you a buy? Oh, yeah. Okay. I did not expect to like this, but I did. It won me over. Which I think is a is a good is a good compliment. So that's a double buy on Wonder Twins number one. That'll wrap us up uh, for floppies this episode. There'll be more next time. I promise. We can move on to our next segment. It's time for checking in. Checking in is bar show. Eric and I talk about what we've been up to the past couple of weeks. Um, you know, things we've done or seen or played or whatever. Um, Eric, what's going on? Well, um. You know, when you uh, live in a place and you take all of the things that you've put in that place and for like hours and hours and hours, you pack them in boxes and then move them to a different place. Wait, wait a second. Slow down. Yeah. I don't know that I can. I don't know if it's humanly possible to go slower than that. (laughs) Okay. That was pretty slow. Okay. I understand all that. Yes. (laughs) Well, I did that. Okay. Um, for any of you that, uh, are thinking about doing that, d- don't. Don't ever move? Yeah, it's awful. My, I mean, hell, it's only been a couple of months since you moved. My brother's moving. A bunch of, gosh, so many of my friends are moving. I don't know what's going on, but everyone listening to this podcast, don't do it. Don't put your shit in your car and go to a different place. You will, it's just awful. I actually am glad to not be in most mostly be out of my old place. I still have to. I don't know what, but I, I'm 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 off. I'm done with it. I'm happy to be in a different place. 
So it's pretty good, you know. Mm-hmm. It's 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 a uh, it, there's once you're settled. Yeah, that I need a couple of weeks to do that, but I'm uh, I'm I'm happy to be out of the old place. And you know what? I have I have a roommate that's uh, showing me weird cartoons already. Have you have you heard of um, a cartoon called That Time? I was reincarnated as a slime. I have seen the title on uh, the internet. Uh, I've heard I've heard it was good. It is on uh, it is on Crunchyroll, which is a fun service. I watched part of Parasite on Crunchyroll some time ago. Um, good value if you like anime. It is an anime. Um, it's fun. It is also surprisingly horny. Oh my god. It is just like, there's just like titties everywhere. It is out of control with the titties. Is is it, is there a nudity involved or is it just? No, okay. no, it's just, it's, it's just like general horniness and Miranda shots and got it. fan service for, I mean, fan service is really the word that I need to look for, but just f- for no, no reason zero reason um it's very horny it's very horny but you yes it you'd is. still suggest it um yeah do you know anything about the story of it i can infer very little from the title it it doesn't make any sense um the 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 it starts off just random regular Japanese Joe who happens to be a thirty seven year old virgin, uh, and he is killed in a a random stabbing, like literally a guy runs down the street, stabs him, and runs away. Um, and then he is for some reason reincarnated as a slime, but it's slowly revealed that he is like a an elite level monster in this weird RPG world. And the whole time I'm watching it, like I'm, I'm thoroughly enjoying it. It's funny and it's stupid and it's just fun, but I kind of just wish it was a computer game because like you're watching stuff that it's like, you feel like you're watching like four episodes of a tutorial for a JRPG. And I'm like, well, this is just the this is just the logical extension of of all of these cutscene rich games. Um, it's still good though. Like I I kind of want to go watch more of it. So I would recommend it. You should you should check it out. Crunchyroll's fun. It's uh, more or less worth it. Cheap as hell. I mean, I've watched stuff on there without paying. Yeah, you can get a you can get a free trial, and I think there might be a. I don't like their their service with commercials it's awful i mean i watched my hair academia without any without registering at all i don't know sounds like you stole it i mean i went to their website and i watched (laughs) it on there i did not use any ulterior ulterior methods to get on there so i don't know i have an ad i have an ad blocker ad ad blocker installed so maybe that explains it that that sounds about right but so that's how you get free crunchy roll folks i mean does I'm always surprised when I hear that people there are people around who don't have ad blockers installed. I I don't use them on every 
every platform that I computer on. Ad blockers are definitely good, but I don't I don't know where we're at on that. It was an arms race for a while, and I I know a lot of content creators and people that you know live off of that ad revenue. So I I I get uh, conflicted feelings in my guts when I use it. I I am aware that ad blockers don't actually they I don't know if they. Depends on the. Uh, I think it depends on the platform. Sometimes it registers as still registers as, view, as views, so that people get the same amount of money, mm. even though it is very. If there's people I I the, regularly the, watch, I generally just subscribe to their whatever. Usually, their, it's by clicks. Their though. Patreon or their not by not by impressions. Oh, I don't. I. It's usually clicks. Um. So what's my, what's new with you, my, Bubaloo? My. What was what is the full title of that anime one more time? I'm gonna try and recall all of it. I think I think that it is translated as that time I was reincarnated as a slime. Okay, let me. Okay, yeah, I, that time I got reincarnated as a slime. That, that's what it is. Okay, so I would I would suggest go ahead and watch it, but be prepared for goblin titties. <laughs> Because they're coming. <laughs> okay. By the way, uh, this is this is actually very funny. It was a uh, a goblin character that that uh, you and I have created, and I was doing a character design, and lo and behold, the exact same character design is in this anime. So I think I'd need to redesign him. I mean, are you sure that this anime just didn't copy something else as well? <laughs> I think that we we share a lot of uh, common DNA and that we're both very into One Piece and think Ichiro Oda is an amazing artist and think that he is inspired for drawing Muppets. <laughs> so I think that I think that's that is okay. the overlap there. I see. I, I, I think whoever is responsible for that time I got reincarnated as a slime. I think we would be bros. Got it. Because, you know. The horny artwork and drawing Muppet people. I think I'm 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 here for it. Uh, I mostly been working over. I get I get that mostly. I'm trying to get a book. I'm trying to gear up and self publish a book. So that's a lot of work. That's learning. I'm learning in design. I'm gonna say you have not asked me any questions. I've I've offered my help like a million times. I, I, I will. Don't worry. When I actually need your help, I will literally. I will ask. But I am focusing on can, other things at the moment. Okay. Uh, because I also have to get the book. I'm getting the book copy edited, so I have to. Just got that back today. Time of this recording. And I'm going to have to go through all that and, and make my changes and, and read the editor's, all the editor's notes. Who does you have edited? Anyone that I know? No, no. It's a, it's a, I was going to tell you the most, it, it, for at least for grammatical content, the most superlative person I've ever met is uh, Ivy Decker. Yes. She's like a goddamn machine. I, I, I went with a person I don't know. That has, well, that's also that gotten that's gotten very good reviews and is very affordable. Um, I'm waiting on a cover, uh, the cover design back. It should be coming in a few days. I'm also keeping in mind doing research on everything that you do with a book launch, which is very tiring. And also all the time at the same time, <laughs> writing a, 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 a I'm working on another book 
And then another book is out with beta readers and a lot of writing and reading. And we should journal about all this stuff. I think it's interesting content. Um, so that's all happening. I have I do play video. I'm playing Deep Rock Galactic again. We need to. I, I want to get my uh, my my roommate into it too. So I think that we need to we need to get the gang back together. I mean, there's a lot of people now who are I uh, who are I've gotten into the dwarf game it is now literally they just had their update for a year they've the game has been out one year so there's a one year anniversary uh celebration going on inside the game right now if you go and log in you can get a bunch of uh, party favors and stuff can't wait um they've added a lot of extra stuff as well uh it's still a really good game they've only made it better over the, that year they are a really dedicated team deep rock galactic co-op dwarven mining and bug killing game they added new bugs and they're horrifying. They're really that roly poly. It, it grosses me out so much. It's really bad. Um, it's awful. It's the that's the worst thing. But new gun. There's just so much of that game. I can't. I recommend I'm, it to everyone. I'm, I'm I'm so happy that we're playing again. It's very good. Um. <clears throat> uh, I've haven't have I? Yeah, I have. I checked in with Apex, right? I don't remember. Apex Legends, the new I I feel like maybe I haven't. It's very strange. Apex Legends Apex Legends is a new free-to-play battle royale game from the makers of Titanfall and Titanfall 2. Um mm. it's a it's a good it's a good one of those. It's 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 faster paced than PUBG has less players, smaller map. It feels almost Overwatchy in a lot of ways because there are classes that all play differently. They all have different abilities. Uh, they have personality. Um, it has more personality than Call of Duty Blackout does. Uh, I think it plays a little bit better, moves a little bit better than than Blackout does. I am terrible at it. Uh, I get killed very quickly. I'm bad at that game at Apex, but it's still fun. Um, my only complaint with it is you have to play in a, a group of three. And if you have less than three part grouped up with you, then they just add in randos. They have a very good ping system, so you don't really have to talk to people if you don't want to. Um, but I still kind of just sometimes want to play a game with myself or just with one person or however many people I'm gaming with. I don't want to necessarily have to go, how many people do we got? Oh, three? Perfect. How many people we got? Oh, two. Oh, we'd have to play with rando. Eh, they, there's a 50-50 shot they will be a bad teammate. Eh. <laughs> nah, I'll pass. But it's a it is it's very very popular. It is the most popular game on on Twitch right now. Um hmm. it is very well made. The people at Respawn, they make very good games. Titanfall 2 was amazing. And if this game allows them to make Titanfall 3 or add Titans to this game, cuz they say this game is set in the Titanfall universe, um, I will, am all on board because I want more of that. And this game is be is very successful for them already. It, it is free to play. You can go to Origin and play it right now. Download it. Uh, the only thing you can pay for like a- aesthetic stuff for gear, like for you know skins. And they have two classes that you can either unlock by grinding material, or you can just pay pay ten bucks and unlock them. Um, but that's a it's a good game. Apex Legends. Deep Rock Galactic work. Mm-hmm. I've I've been playing Bloodborne again for some reason. I feel I guess I've been masochistic. I'm gonna punish myself for getting my poor little character murdered over and over and over again. 
That does that does sound like you. Yeah. Um, but that's that's it. It's really like ninety percent work. I'm a psychopath. Mm-hmm. I'm proud of you for all the book shit, man. He really I don't know. I'm 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 glad to uh, hear you following through on all that. Uh was it a uh who I believe um Michael Scott said, you miss all the shots you don't take. Mm-hmm. Anything else you want to mention there before we move on? Nope. Okay. I'm uh, I'm exhausted, tired <laughs> of moving furniture, tired of dropping shit on my foot. Oh, well, try the other foot. Uh, I do not want to drop shit on the other foot. You, are you isolating the one foot, like, on purpose, or? I just, I don't want it to happen to either one. Got it. Okay, I understood now. It's mostly happened to one foot so far. Oh, I see. I see. Maybe you should, I was just saying, like, maybe balance it out. No, that does not make things better. Okay. I think we move on then to our final segment. It's time for Nerdboy Book Club. Nerdboy Book Club is the part of the show. Eric and I sign a longer collective work than discuss it in depth like you would a book in a book club, except it's a comic book in a comic book club. This is very specific wording. So precise. Just, just go with what my gut is telling me to say. Mm-hmm. This week. Your gut, your gut says yep, words. This episode, we are discussing why art by Eleanor Davis, which I like. I like it, too. I was 100% not expecting this. No. That's... I'm, I think the best way that I can describe this book is it absolutely reads like a book that was written by a person named Eleanor. What does that mean? I think it speaks for itself. You read it. This is, this is the book that a character in a Wes Anderson movie would write. <laughs> I was, I would, I, I don't know about that. I mean, I think that's probably pretty accurate, honestly, but I would. I, yes, exactly. <laughs> but I was. That doesn't mean, I mean, I like Wes Anderson movies and I like this book. I, I think they've done a lot of things, but it's like, it's in a weird space of like, like i don't know being whimsical and also taking itself very seriously and it, this okay I, I i you look at the cover which is all i had seen okay i knew nothing about this book except the, the it was about art the title is why art i looked at the cover yes it has a bunch of hands on there like caressing like a little tiny uh a box of flowers and nothing else and it's from fanographics and mm-hmm. all that, all those things were saying, this is a very serious thing about art, and you should treat it seriously. Why art? Why are we doing yeah. this? I don't. I, Frankly, I was expecting um, another how to read Nancy. I was was I was I was expecting something in that ballpark. Yes, one hundred percent. But this, I was pleased. You know, when we agreed to read it. That I opened it up and I'm like, oh, thank God, illustrations. Not 300 pages of prose <laughs> about Eddie Bushmiller's, <laughs> like, childhood. Um, so, I this, this is like a zine. It is very zine-like. I, that's very apt. If, if, if a zine was published in the graphic novel section of your Barnes & Noble, your liter- the literary graphic novel section of your Barnes & Noble. Excuse me. 
because there is a difference. Mm-hmm. Don't go buying comic books from the graphic novel section and act like they're from the literary graphic novel section. Yeah, this is this is not next to Green Lantern. No, but it is much closer to a zine than it is. I think if if we're going if there's a scale on like, hey, a, a zine you picked up at, you know, your local record store and how to read Nancy, I think I feel like it's closer to zine than it is how to read nancy by a long Mm -hmm. shot uh and that's not i i enjoy it um for that because it manages to still communicate communicate its themes and communicate its ideas pretty efficiently i think it kind of whimsically paints in pictures around things i mean from the title i was expecting some kind of exploration of the philosophy of art. And this is, I, I think there's, there's some even, in there. I don't, I don't know that that's what this I is. I think there's some philosophy in here. It is, it, 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 it's like they've had philosophy described to them. It's like they've had the philosophy of art. I mean, philosophy of art is like any other philosophy course. It has rigor, mm-hmm. you know, right. It's like, it's, it's like, um, why can't I think of the philosopher that I want? It's like Bertrand Russell fucking arguing about logic, mm-hmm. you know, yes, I, I've like, and, and, and the philosophy of art is the same as that. Yes. Um, it's it, very much that kind of thing. And, and I have taken those classes. Well, I didn't, I'm, I'm not speaking just to you. I understand. I'm just saying I, I think this, I think, Eric, that this is exactly, mm. this does exactly the thing that you're complaining about How to Read Nancy. I think this is the thing that does the thing you're complaining that How to Read Nancy doesn't do. <clears throat> uh, kind of, yes. Kind of. Um, and I, I mean, there's a there's a reason that I like this and How to Read Nancy kind of makes me mad. <laughs> like, this is... I mean, you can you can even compare it to um, Scott McCloud. Um, what is his book? It's all I can think of is Zot right now. Is <laughs> well, it Understanding it Comics? Is under- Zot is also a book that he he did. Yes, I know that. <laughs> under- I'm not just making up <laughs> Zot. <laughs> I'm not just making up Missileplick. Understanding Comics sounds. is the name of his one of his books. Yes, I just could not come up with that full title. Thank you very much. I mean, I think that it's kind of almost that for some sense of modern art, except it's more whimsical. You know, there's there is some statement that it is actually making about fine artists and uh, fine art scenes with this narrative and these characters and the things that it chooses to show us. It feels like there's a like the book almost like completely shifts there in the middle. It does. Yeah. I was going to say it, it. I mean, I think, I, I think that the first, the stuff before that, before the middle shift, as you would say, as it starts to mm-hmm. kind of develop a plot, basically a very simple plot that, mm-hmm. that resolves. Uh, it, I think it, it feels, it feels like Shel Silverstein to me. 
Yes, it's very Shell Silverstein. It's that's what it and then like I I don't know I like Shell Silverstein I have no problem with that. I love I love Shell Silverstein, but it feels very much like that. Whereas like here's some art. Some of it is blue. Some of it is orange. <laughs> some is both. And you're mm-hmm. and it's just and it is that that it has that feeling of whimsy. But I feel like those do have purpose. That it is not just it's not just whimsy. Those those are especially even the first half where I where is it feels just like kind of just like random kind of mm-hmm. non sequitur kind of anti jokes. So it does feel very I mean anti joke is a is a funny, interesting way, but I think like for me it's there to sort of set the tone and subvert your expectation. Mm-hmm. It's part of it, I think. Because it, it it even is part of the narrative. Right. You know? Because everything that they discussed I mean, well, I'm gonna say a lot of the stuff that, that they discuss kind of becomes motifs in the the second part, the the quote unquote story. So it, it, it starts off that way, making you think that it's gonna be this book and it slowly it becomes that book it it becomes a story with a beginning middle and end and you kind of drift into it so easily you don't even really notice it happening yeah suddenly you're meeting uh the quote-unquote cast Mm -hmm. and you're like wait a minute there's a story suddenly there's i'm getting told a story right now that's Mm -hmm. okay like oh i see okay i get it and i there's it is um, it reveal that, and it, it it comes just at a time when I wasn't sure if it was gonna have one. Yeah, it comes there. You know, there's I'm like, okay, this is it. I was having fun with it. I'm like, this is this is a fun this is a fun time. Mm-hmm. But is this gonna have? Is this thing gonna come together? And is something is it gonna say anything? You know, and that's and I I don't think I'd be upset if it just was kind of a whimsical shell silver scene kind of thing. I think I'd be okay with it. I probably wouldn't recommend it as much, but I still think would say, "Yeah, this is the fun little story." Um, not even a story; it's a fun little zine, basically. You know, there's a lot mm-hmm. of zines that I've read where I go, eh, "This is," you know, I I would hand it, I would hand it to another person and say, "You should read this," you know. Um, but I think the 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 story coming that that comes around makes you go, "Oh, right, okay, I see what they're doing. I see what she's doing here. I see. I understand." And I appreciate it. I, I think it 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 brings up questions of, you know, it's something that's been on my mind a lot of escapism, and the value mm. of that of escapism in art, and also the value of ugliness in art, in bad things being communicated, in in remind bad ugly reminders in your in in art in general, because mm-hmm. like. In even in that kind of whimsical early section, uh, there's a joke about artists who trap who traffic in concealments, where they make be- pretty things covering ugly things, yeah. and uh, they the the artist on that page is d- dialogue speaking to the camera is hey I gotta pay my bills, <laughs> student loans that's it okay student loans there we go. But it it you know it comes back around to that it comes back around to 
you know, I, it's not trying, I don't think it's trying to answer the question of like, why do we make art in general? Uh, but I think it is trying to answer that question. It is answer, answer the question of like, what, what's the value in making art that is solely happy and nostalgia, mm-hmm. pleasing, comforting, warming versus art that is upsetting and how both are valuable and how both are worthwhile. When do we touch on that ending? When do we touch on the ending? We can touch on it right now. It knocked the breath out of me the first time I read it. I literally did a double take. I thought it was a particularly strong moment in the story, but the fact that the story gets so dramatic and it ends where it ends... Mm -hmm was like getting hit with a sledgehammer it understands when to let go when is the most effective it is it ends at literally could not end at a more effective time Mm -hmm. well i think it was i mean this thing is pretty pretty through composed Mm -hmm. uh as stupid and frivolous as it feels it was definitely built to come to this ending yes i mean i would say very smartly right you know in that we see this basically happen to our characters and then we see them escape and then we come to basically you know the hand of god saying art is here to show us how to be yes how to how to be brave and save ourselves as Mm -hmm. Dolores, the God says, and like it, it, it is, it's like, this is like, this book is like a teaching device. You know, it's like playing the first level of Mario, Mm -hmm. you know, where you encounter things one by one and you slowly, it slowly builds a a vocabulary in you. You know, it, it goes here, like here's art and here it is. Here's some, and like, here it is. It's very silly how we categorize art, isn't it? How we, for some reason, we categorize, yeah, this art is big, and this art is small, and this art is blue, and it, it, that frivolous nature of it, because it feels so innocent and silly, you don't put much weight to it, but it still insinuates itself, itself in you. You're like, all right, that is, yeah, art, that's fun, and then you're like, oh, and then you're like, oh, no, and it, it just gets, and I think also the other thing is the art the the art itself the illustrations in this get a little bit more complex as as we go the they're richer illustrations they're more sparsely illustrated certainly towards the beginning um and like i think that like the halfway point when the book starts getting quote-unquote serious not even halfway probably two-thirds it's when you start like getting a little bit more intricate with okay there it's that page with the uh the the insects i don't know if they're moths or dragonflies you know they're leeks and yeah the, i just i read like grasshoppers maybe it might be know. grasshoppers that might be it like a locusts yeah which are grasshoppers essentially i don't know yeah but it, it's a, like it's like a, a turning point when it's suddenly like oh it's just kind of like everything's drippy and they're kind of like a, they're putting the, every, the art start dripping and it like starts the art starts melting like it's in a Dali painting, 
and then suddenly there's a storm and everyone's at risk and there are hands reaching up down from the heavens and destroying things and these and the the people don't know what to do and poor richard falls out of his paper mache and then they rebuild and they rebuild and they rebuild and this little cycle of we we see the cycle complete itself basically where where mm-hmm. where they come back together and just that image of Dolores staring down from the from the sky, staring at these little people, and the, the the we only get one lasting image of them at the end. The 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 artists, I guess, of them standing in the rain. It it just feels so dignified. I think is they they all have like it's a quiet dignity there of of. The artist speaking to the artist, I think because it is, it's affirming. I think this this book is affirming. Like it asks why art, but I, I think the book at the end of the day is very affirming. Like here, this is why. Here, make art. You can it it you can do it. It's it is a it is a it's bold. It's it's dangerous. You know. I think it the 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 storm and the 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 very fact that it's like the hands of God reaching down and giving you a command. And it is like it is terrifying. It is you know dangerous. You're 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 meddling with the elements here, but you still have to do it. It's necessary. Which is not what I was expecting after I read about big art, <laughs> like page eight or whatever it was. Are we that stunned? We don't know what else to say. I was waiting for you to come up with something clever. Uh, you're, you'll be waiting a long time. I don't know. I, I find the art itself very effective. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I don't know. I think be, if you picked this up and you just read, you know, uh, up if you got through this before you got to the part where it gets, you know, until the plot happens, basically. I don't know. I think you could... I think the 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 remind the reminder of that this is understanding comics. I think it actually communicates the ideas of understanding comics very well, because it feels like the 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 characters, the cartooning at the very beginning is so simple, and kind of it communicates that whimsy, communicates the silliness, and at the end it really communicates the seriousness and the the impact very well. And I don't that I is a thing that's very I think tricky and difficult and i understand why this is so uh lauded the end of the year lists i read that's why we've read this in the first place um and i think i don't think that's a lot of people i don't think that's a thing a lot of people understand is just because something looks simple is that it doesn't mean that it's it was easy like if this feels measured and weighted because of that you know like i yeah i think you mentioned it earlier like it feels like the whole book is built towards that last moment, even the silly, simple things at the beginning. You know, very you know, Shel Silverstein drawings that are just like a half, half of a picture frame or whatever. But I think it communicates more than like a Wes Anderson movie does most for most for the most part. Oh, it it uh, I don't really see a lot of similarities between it. And, and Wes Anderson's storytelling at all, but s- the person who w- would write this right. could be a character in uh, a Wes okay. Anderson I, film. I get it. 
I think my favorite detail is how Dolores grows a new arm <laughs> in the middle of the book. Yes, the the that that little sequence of uh, her art is she saying I think I re- that is the uh, the other thing that struck me is because that it, there are like these little sequences that I think lead up to that that to that end result you know the end statement why art mm-hmm. but they also tell their own little self-contained story and their own self-contained experience of of art and you know she is I she gets popular because her art is saying i love you to people just any everyone who walks up to her and she says it convincingly it makes them believe it but the very fact that it works and it makes up it not working anymore and so she goes and gets her arm bitten off by a shark mm-hmm. and then eats the shark and grows her arm back and starts doing different art <laughs> I'm I'm going to I'm going to be perfectly honest that most of the artists that I know are exactly that tormented. And the first thing that happens after this insane thing where she grows her own arm back and eats the shark that ripped off her arm, the dude who experiences this say cuz they they the new art is them experiencing that same thing of getting growing its shark teeth and like an insane and they're like, "Hey, that was neat. I like your old thing better." I like the I love you thing better. Mm-hmm. And it, I I get it. I like it. You know, it doesn't sometimes you're never going to you're never going to surpass the the thing that people know you for. I play the old Slayer album. Mhm. Raining blood. Mhm. From a lacerated sky. I love you. I love you. I don't do that anymore. I don't do that. <laughs> don't do that anymore and i mean i think that her growth in that little scene is very much is very representative of like a lot of people who are like who get famous for a single thing and then have to struggle with it like i can't do it i can't do it anymore i have to do something else which means killing eating the shark that ripped off my arm and then growing a new arm and shark teeth and there's a there's a storm outside Mm -hmm. and it's threatening i don't know it's it's not it's not complicated this i i think that's what i was getting at when i was talking about how to read nancy is that this isn't complicated it doesn't spend 300 pages breaking down every little element of a single comic mm-hmm. strip and it says a whole hell of a lot i think because it's suggestive right and i don't know you can see a lot of images in there you can see a lot of things. You can read it a lot of ways. Yeah. You know, it's the it's a, a finger pointing at a lot of different things. I don't know. You, it's a lot of I, I don't know. Like I want to I want to make fun of it for how silly and twee it is, but it's still very very strong. I mean, I don't I don't think it, it I don't think it functions unless it is that silly. Yeah. No. Um. I think that's even like kind of a big part of it, you know. It's this subversion of expectation. You're you're letting your guard down because you just think that it's going to be weird, and then you just feel this intense emotional resonance that's in it. 
It's um, it's very good. It knows what it's saying. Yeah, it's very confident. Yeah, that God. Yeah, that's a very good word for it. This is an extremely confident book. I don't know that the um, I don't know that the author would necessarily describe it as that, but I would say that they knew exactly what they wanted to tell. Yeah, and I I, I do you think the the cover and the fanographics thing does it a disservice? I don't know because I I you know I come back to the I felt the same way about uh, the end of the fucking world. Mm-hmm. How I felt like. You know, that book, I, I was expecting something very different from it, from the cover. Yeah. And I it's the same thing here. I, I was expecting something, uh, I mean, I the lack of a better word, pretentious. Yeah, I don't, mm-hmm. and I don't, I like pretentious things at times, um, but I was expecting something more like that. I don't know if it's just because that's what I expect from a book called Why Art, if it's the title, or because of the cover, because of its fanographics. I, you know, I don't know. I think for for me, I think that I think it is a very important part because whether it's intentional or not, at least my experience with it is that that intentional uh, or at least seemingly intentional subversion of expectations. You look at this front, you look at the title of it, you think, what is this thing you sort of build this image of it the way you describe is this sort of pretentious like textbook like philosophy of art it's going to be dense it's going to be this and then you get this light airy frou-frou thing that you immediately like okay i'm gonna box this in i think it's this it's this it's this and it immediately like or not even immediately but it just sort of gradually becomes something so radically different you don't see it coming and you know you 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 follow up to that gut punch i i think that you know that wrapper Mm -hmm. of of that sort of you know almost like college textbook look i think it adds to it i think it it makes it feel important it it lends gravitas to the story and it you know you get when you're in the book it's almost like an undertaste mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying like you don't notice it's there but it primed you to think of the book in a certain way so for me at least that's interesting that way i think i would have experienced this book a different way if it just had like a silly doodle on the cover. But what, okay, I'm going to ask you a question, Eric. Mm-hmm. If I if we hadn't read this with a podcast and you're look you're walking around your either a comic book store or the the comic book section of a bookstore and you see this on the stand, you see this on the stand. Do you buy it? Do you look at it for more than a second? I feel like I would have picked it up looked through a couple of pages, rolled my eyes, and put it away. Is it, is that just because of the title? I don't know. Okay. I'm just going with my gut instinct and, and just being brutally honest with the kind of person that I think I am. Um, looking at this cover and looking at those first couple of pages, I didn't think much of it. I might have kept reading. I don't think this is a book that I would have took home. 
And I really thoroughly like this. Yeah. I, I knowing what it is now, I think I would, this is a book I would buy some copies of to give away to friends. Yeah. And I think that's my, you know, there, there's always that question of covers of things and marketing and exposing that a book to the, an audience and stuff like this doesn't feel like a book for, I mean, certainly the pretentious fanographics crowd, the, the literary graphic novel crowd (laughs) to be specific to people who would not even, who would, who would consider it beneath them to pick up a superhero comic book. Um, I, I think they would enjoy it, but I think that there's a, a, another another larger audience, people who generally don't pick up the, oh, that book is just a bunch of, you know, snobby, snooty, you know, graphic. It's I don't draw comic books. I draw graphic novels, et cetera, kind of thing. And I'm a, I'm a sequential artist. <laughs> is that a real thing? You didn't know no. that. That's what they call it at most colleges that teach comics is you get a sequential art degree. Ah, I see. I don't really have any negative feelings about that. I mean, there was a, there was a period of time when a young 17 year old Eric applied for the sequential art program at SCAD. And his father said that shit costs way too much. And no, but I mean, you can just make that concealment art to pay off your student loans. I guess so. I mean, you'd be surprised to find that Anno Dracula is in the literature section of comicsology. Oh, good. It's, I mean, Dracula is a literary character. I suppose to so. Be fair. I, th- I mean, I think this book also had a uh, the, some of the things that inside the book about concealment and the the kind of the nature of art and how we how it exposes certain things. I don't know. It felt very. This book felt very appropriate to read after uh, Green Book won Best Picture. Mm-hmm. You know, a story of a how a white guy who really helped the black guy that one time. Isn't that? Yeah, he's, he's a good guy because he wants he made friends with a black guy. Isn't that good? Mm-hmm. I, it's just this. Sometimes you want to. Yeah. Sometimes ugliness is important. Sometimes the truth is ugly. Sometimes you have to make art that reveals those things to remind people. And sometimes that reminder is ugly, but it's still, that's still very valuable. And, but on at, at the same time, Hey, art that reminds us to be brave, to, uh, to, to face danger is also valuable. And all the celebration over into the spider verse made me think about a lot. That is a lot of, uh, think about that a lot as well words Mm -hmm. sometimes my mouth doesn't want to say them all at once it's hard talking's Mm -hmm. hard i don't know it's it's very good uh i would easily recommend it to basically everyone especially artists obviously and anyone who makes anything because it is affirming. It feels good. It it feels like, hey, motivation. Hey, there's value in making art because it is hard sometimes. Because, you know, the roof's going to be ripped off and you're going to get water poured on you. And God is going to God is gonna yell at you and crush everything you know. But you still have to make art. 
I've been speaking of art. I've been perusing the literature section of comicsology. Oh, no. And uh, you'll be happy to know that the Grimm's fairy tales, aka like the the semi porno mm-hmm. women in their underwear comics, they did a version of the Jungle Book that is uh, women in their underwear. Oh, I've I've been meaning that's in the, that's in the literature. I've been section. reading to read the Jungle Book, so I'll just read. Can I just read that one instead of the actual? Yeah. Yeah, you it's can. probably less offensive than. Let me tell you, Mowgli was stacked. It's probably less offensive than Kipling is. Well, Kipling, that I don't. That's a I don't know. White man's burden. It's a pretty <laughs> pretty ugly thing that he wrote. Yeah, I think you want to you want to look at the you want to you want to hold a mirror up to the ugly side of uh, of history. You look at that. Him and Lovecraft. Yeah, absolutely. Oh no! Now it's recommending that book. Now, thanks, Eric. Help. That's very helpful. Now we've Jungle Book Volume Three: Titties on Parade. Uh, is that a Is that a Rage Against the Machine song? Sure. I'm not. We can't do this. Um, anything else you want to add about <laughs> why art? Um, it has not made me smarter, as you can tell from this random, stupid shit I'm saying. But. D- it is it is a it is a, a lovely book and uh, people should read it and uh, I don't know maybe I need to read more books by people named Eleanor. I think it's 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 charming and powerful. Two good words, confident mm-hmm. as well. Uh, that's why our Eleanor Davis. Next time on Nerdbook Book Club, we're going to be reading the Umbrella Academy, feature of a new Netflix television program. Uh, we'll be reading the first two volumes. The third volume is is in progress. We'll be reading the first two, which are The Apocalypse Suite and Dallas. I've read this when it was coming out. Um, I'm excited to talk about it with Eric. I'm really curious to what you think about it, Eric. I have never read it, so I'm coming into it completely fresh. Um, maybe I'll also sit down and... Uh... Maybe I'll also sit down and watch the show as well. Yeah, I think I'm going to uh, watch it. We can we can talk about all them things. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that'll be next time. Read along with us if you'd like. Uh, that'll do it for us here. We are the Handsome Boys Comics Hour. You can find us at handsomeboyscomicshour.com. Links to everything there to our Facebook is facebook.com slash handsomeboyscomicshour. Uh, on Twitter at hbchour. You can email us at handsomeboyscomics at gmail.com. Uh, like us and follow us if you enjoy the show. Please review us on Apple Podcasts. Subscribe. Tell your friends. Mm-hmm. Give us five stars. Do all those things. Word of mouth. It helps. It gets more people to listen to us. And we want that. We're a fan of that. So if you would do it, we'd be very thankful. We would. For real. Thank you. Yes. yes. Uh, you can find me online on Twitter at Robbie Norman. Eric, where can they find you and your things online? Well... You can see my portfolio by going to freewillunlimited.com as well as most of the other things I do uh, on ericzgoodnight.com. That includes links to my Twitter and Instagram, where I am known on both services as EZGoodnight. With that, folks, we will call it a day. Have a good one. Rock and roll. <laughs>